Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch Podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of February 9th through the 11th, 2024. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Apologies for the late episode, late Friday episode this week. Uh, this week was my wedding anniversary on top of Valentine's Day. So, yeah, couldn't get an episode recorded until today. Uh, in any case, last week's box office was pretty bad overall, like the worst Super Bowl weekend for movies in, like, 30 years. Uh, on the flip side, though, there were a good number of news headlines to come out, uh, mostly from Disney and earnings call. Um, and, you know, with some films releasing this past Wednesday for uh, uh, for a date night on Valentine's Day, we've got an early look at what this weekend's box office is going to look like. So starting with last weekend's numbers, in first place, Argyle was somehow able to hold on to first place with a terrible 64% drop in its second weekend, down to only $6.2 million in 3,605 theaters uh, for $17.34 per theater average and a domestic total of $28.5 million to date. Apple certainly can't be happy about that. Uh, in second place, the only wide rele- new wide release last weekend uh, in, in Lisa Frankenstein. This is Zelda Williams' feature debut from Focus Features, starring Cole Sprouse and uh, Catherine Newton, with a shout-out to Filipina actress Lisa Sobrado. Um, the Focus feature film had a modest $3.7 million domestic take uh, in 3,144 theaters, about 1176 1, per theater average. This is below the $6 million that had been predicted for it by box office pros. That said, with a $13 million budget, as you'd expect from a you know more art uh, specialty distributor like Focus Features, this isn't actually a total disaster. It did get a B cinema score, and while critics was about a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, audiences liked it well enough at 83%. So, I foresee this you know maybe having some uh, life on the second on you know in 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 uh, at home you know kind of like a cult classic type film. Uh, in third place, The Beekeeper continues its run with a 38% drop in, 38, in 3, uh, 3,057 theaters for a 3.4 million total uh, and, and uh, 11.12 per theater average, running total of 54.6 million domestically. Globally, with another 60 million overseas, it's about uh, 114 million worldwide. In fourth place, Wonka, in its ninth weekend, made about $3 million, a 35% drop. Uh, in 2,764 theaters, a 11.06 per theater average, and hitting $200 million mark domestically, $205 million to be precise, um, and hitting 382 overseas for $587 million worldwide. Finally, rounding out the top five is the obligatory animated film Migration, 30% drop to $2.9 million in uh, 2,684 theaters for a 10.95 per theater average, making $110 million domestic and with $128 overseas, $138 million worldwide. Outside of the top five, a couple of interesting limited releases and re-releases. Uh, in preparation for Dune 2 coming out, uh, Dune Part 1 was re-released, making a modest $1.6 million in 2,100 theaters, seven ninety per theater average, which isn't a lot, but uh, still good enough to make it into the top 10 for the weekend. Uh, Turning Red had its re-release, um, uh, the, th- the second of the Pixar re-releases. As noted, it made about half a million or so total, um, uh, as predicted. Uh, not surprising, given that it's been on Disney Plus for a while now. It looks like, though, with pre-sales uh, for Luca, they will be actually slashing prices to only $5 instead of full price uh, to make it a little bit more appealing, and it seems like they've started doing applying that for Turning Red as well. 
Uh, in limited release, The Taste of Things, Francis' official entry to the Oscars, even though it ended up not getting nominated at all, uh, had a three-theater three release uh, in th- for 43,000 per theater average. Uh, Perfect Days, Japan's entry th- uh, that did get nominated, uh, opened to six theaters for a 16.8,000 per theater average. And, and then the and then Monk and the Guard, which is Bhutan submission, didn't do quite as well, only a 523 per theater average. Uh, for this weekend, the total box office was a miserable $37.9 million. Last year, the same weekend was $51 million. And as I noted, it's a historically bad weekend. The post-pandemic, this is the worst weekend uh, since 2022. Uh, and then it's the worst Super Bowl weekend since 1990, which was only $37.1 million, but also doesn't adjust for inflation. Uh, this does include 2021, uh, which does kind of get a pass because of pandemic reasons. Uh, this coming weekend, or technically this weekend that started past on Wednesday for Valentine's Day, uh, the new releasing films are Bob Marley's One Love, a Bob Marley biopic from Warner Brothers, forecast to make $19.6 million for the three-day weekend and $35.3 million through President's Day on Monday. Uh, Madam Web, the new Spider-Man film from Sony, is projected to make $14 million over the three-day weekend and um, $22.6 million through Monday, though I think earlier estimates had a little bit higher, so it's definitely dropping down. Uh, we also have the next part of season four from The Chosen, forecast to make four point eight million uh, from the Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday opening, uh, and then six point seven million through Monday. And then also coming out uh, for any Oscar watchers are like myself are these sort of programs. Uh, in addition, if you're planning on watching uh, Dune two, uh, as of this past weekend they had Dune one coming out. The actual the not related to this film, but the uh, the first adaptation of the David Lynch version from the nineteen eighties is also coming to theaters uh, through a Fathom events uh, on Sunday and Monday. Now, the box office may have been super low this weekend, but the Super Bowl, uh, which was, you know, uh, in part place why into why the box office is somewhat depressed, um, had a stellar showing. Um, no, I want to make clear, I don't think the Super Bowl is the only reason it was bad. Um, normally, we don't do television metrics here, but the 123.7 million total viewers of the big game is actually one of the most watched television programs in history. Honestly, maybe the highest uh, for a very long time as a uh, cable continues to slowly die off. Uh, part of this may be the fact that Taylor Swift uh, effect and all that, um, but also some comparables, you know, that kind of so this is like a monumental event. Uh, the ending of the ser- TV series Mass had only about 105.9 million viewers, uh, 60% of U.S. households. Uh, the Nixon resignation speech had about $110 million. And then the only TV event that can really compare uh, would be the moon landing, which, you know, by some estimates had between 125 to 150 million Americans watching back in 1969. Of course, alongside $650 million people worldwide. Uh, also big during the Super Bowl, we had some new movie trailers. Um, you know, Deadpool 3 got its first official trailer with an uh, official title of Deadpool and Wolverine. According to Disney, it is the most viewed trailer ever within 24 hours with 365 million views across all social uh, networks. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home had the previous record with $355.5 million. I still have reservations about whether Deadpool and Wolverine can get to $1 billion since it is an R-rated film and it's only ever topped at about $800 million worldwide. But, you know, this definitely makes it, you know, at least gives it some chance that it might get there. Uh, we also got first looks at the upcoming Twisters trailer, a new trailer for Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Fall Guys, and uh, the Fall Guy, and uh, Wicked Part 1. And now, since the game also did go into overtime, a couple of films technically got a Super Bowl trailer, even though I think they were originally meant to air after the game. Uh, these include the Dev Patel film Monkey Man, as well as the Kung Fu Panda 4 film. Anecdotally, I also heard that people are impressed by the Monkey Man film, and so I think uh, that exposure should definitely help that film out.
Now, we talked about last week how Disney announced a joint venture with Warner Brothers and Fox to stream sports, which, you know, also relates to the Super Bowl. But, you know, I think uh, that was just part of the announcements that Disney had for its earnings support last week. Uh, the biggest news, I think, for theatrical goes is that Disney announced a November 2024 release of Moana uh, 2. Now, this had originally been a uh, TV series direct to Disney+, Plus, but it looks like it's being redeveloped for theatrical release. You know, The Rock is getting a bit of a pay bump for this. Um, given that Moana has considered Consistently been probably like the most streamed program or film for years ever since it came out on streaming. Kids really, really like the film. Um, this has the potential to be huge. I I don't say I I'm reluctant to say it'll be likely to hit one billion dollars. You know, the first one made only about six hundred million worldwide. But and you know, I have doubts that parents you know will do repeat viewings of this in theaters. That would be necessary to get it there. But I do know that um, since they know might come to streaming eventually. But you know, this still I think will be big. You know, if I were to go back and do my uh, predictions for what will, you know, make $100 million opening weekend, I think this could be in that conversation. Uh, the other big part of this is, of course, that it now competes against the Wicked Part 1 film coming out on the same day for Thanksgiving. TBD, if Warner plans on moving the musical back, a tenpole back to December, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Uh, we'll just have to see it, who blinks first, if anyone. Uh, Disney also announced that they paid $75 million for the streaming rights for Taylor Swift's Eras Tour film, uh, the film that just keeps on giving it to T-Swift. Uh, apparently, five new songs are going to be included here that were not in the theatrical or the Amazon Prime version. Again, a big win for the Swifties. Uh, but outside of the theatrical space, uh, but still also important for entertainment news, uh, Disney also announced a $1.5 billion, with a B, investment into Epic Games, the makers of Fortnite. Basically, their plan is to you know work with them to create a metaverse version of Disney within Fortnite. And then still Disney-related, you know, there is a Phantom Menace release coming out uh, on May, on uh, Friday, May 3rd, with a new poster out for that, uh, which basically means that you can watch it uh, on, on May 4th, of course, for the anniversary. And then just yesterday, you know, or earlier this week, we got the news of the casting of the upcoming Fantastic Four movie, as well as a release date. Uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, one of the hottest stars in Hollywood at the moment, uh, is going to be Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic. Um, uh, Vanessa Kirby is going to be Sue Storm, the Invisible Woman. Uh, Joseph Quinn is Johnny Storm, the Human Torts. And then Ivan Moss Bakarak is Ben Grimm, the Thing. Um, the film is going to be directed by WandaVision's director, Matt Sankman, and will release July 25th, 2025. Uh, this does move up the Thunderbolts film from the July release uh, to May 2nd, 2025 release, with the new Captain America Brave New World film allegedly going to feature the Hulk, uh, still set for February 14, 2025, and that's going to be the the three films after this, this year's Deadpool and Wolverine. Uh, on the Warner Brothers side, some good news for them uh, and bad news for us, I guess. Um, the good news for them is that Margot Robbie's Lucky Chap production company signed a first look deal with the studio, not unexpected given her success with Barbie. Uh, this somewhat contrasts, though, with the news that you know the maligned hybrid animated film, uh, film uh, hybrid animation film uh, Coyote v Acme, written by Oscar nominee Sammy Burtz and DC head James Gunn, is permanently being uh, sold for tax purposes. Apparently, Warner, you know, after the outcry that it was announced was going to be canceled. Um, they put it on the market at 75 to $80 million asking price, no room to negotiate. Um, in comparison, they're probably going to make about 35 to $40 million in tax write-downs. Uh, so, yeah, that definitely sucks for lovers of film. What's worse is, you know, that the top execs, you know, WB head David Zaslav, uh, movie heads DeLuca and uh, Abdi, and an animation head Damaske haven't even seen the final cut of the film. 
really a big same. Uh, and, you know, this kind of contrast, again, with the Margot Robbie news, because people are saying, hey, this might send a signal to creators that do you really want to work with Warner Brothers if your film just could get cut for tax reasons? Um, in any case, hopefully there's a happy ending by the end of this story. But like a tunnel painted uh, on a mountainside, it looks like the light at the end of the tunnel was just fake all along. On Paramount, and unfortunately, it looks like they're going to be laying off about 800 staffers. Um, not unusual, given you know there have been recent layoffs across multiple industries lately. Um, but uh, in the context of Paramount, I think this perhaps is more relevant since you know they may be trying to gear up for a uh, potential acquisition. You know, le- trimming down their costs. Um, the saga of this acquisition continues. We'll see uh, when a deal gets done. To end the episode on a bit of a happier note, you know, the Oscars announced a new category for the first time in over 20 years, uh, the last time being 2001 for Best Animated Feature. Um, Best Casting will now be celebrated at the 2026 ceremony. I have a few more thoughts over my Oscars podcast, but suffice to say, I'm excited for this uh, overall. Uh, Now, if only they give stunts and choreography an Oscar as well. Uh, Anyway, that's going to be it for this episode. You know, again, uh, Madam Web and... uh, Bob Marley are currently out in theaters. Madam Web definitely looks like a mess of a film, um, but we'll just talk about that next week. Uh, with that, that's a wrap for this episode. Super ideas for what else I should cover via email at boxofferwatchpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Our shows on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, at the very least, tell a friend if any of that helps. Uh, links to all that will be in our show notes. Numbers used in the show come from thenumbers.com. Intro and outro music, uh, Kevin MacLeod and comptech.filmmusic.io. Editing production by Ninja Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch Podcast, and remember, our watch goes on. <laughs>